Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me on this lovely, well for me, it's a Tuesday night uh, at 11.30pm. Just got done with the podcast, uh, and quarantined again. So sweet, so why not kick out some podcasts? And that's what I'm doing. Uh, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by theplayingonpodcast.com. Get info about the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, go on there and throw in your email if you have any questions or any comments or anything that you would like to add um, that you would like to see uh, happen on the podcast itself. But uh, that podcast or that that website is actually brought to you by Constant Pursuit, Mr. Rusty Glaze. Um, he has been helping fields uh, and players and anybody he likes to do business with out with some uh, some awesome websites. So make sure you uh, check it out, theplayingonpodcast.com. Uh, we are also brought to you by my Patreon. Um, a big shout-out to all my patrons out there. Appreciate the love. Thank you so much. If you would like to support the podcast, please ever head over to uh, patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast. And... Um, and help keeping help keep moving the, the podcast forward. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, the head game master guru, whatever you want to call him. I'm telling you, man, you guys have to check out his his headgear over at uh, his Facebook or his Instagram. Mike has done some amazing work, and he just keeps putting out more and more things that just top everything that he's doing. Um, I have a few pieces from him. We are collaborating collaborating at the moment, and um, I'll tell you what, man, it's it's quality stuff. The quality in in the material and the stitching, uh, the details are amazing. Um, sometimes I see some of his stuff, and I wouldn't wear it on the field just because I wouldn't want to get it dirty. That's how nice they look. <laughs> it's crazy, but uh, but he does a great job. Make sure you hit him up. That's Charm City paintball uh we are also brought to you by melavio the cbd company that i've been uh back and forth with on all kinds of products whether it be honey um tinctures topical uh salves i like to use that on my knees uh, i also smoke the flower um, to relax myself a little bit and uh and with having a one-year-old at home you tend to not get that much sleep Luckily, lately, she's been sleeping, so I'm trying not to jinx myself. But, uh, but yeah, that helps me sleep and, and kind of keeps me in that state of sleep. I really do uh, I really do like it right before I go to bed. But, uh, but they do a great job. Uh, the honey itself, if you, if you buy their honey, it, all the proceeds go to uh, helping out veterans. And uh, I think that's, that's an amazing thing. So please uh, go over there, and if you're looking at or have any questions about any CBD products, you can find anything regarding CBD over at Melavio. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot com. And if you use the promo code T-P-O-P, you will get 15% off your entire order. So thank you so much to Melavio. Alrighty. This podcast is with Mr. Nick Carney. He is a member of Columbus Level. They are out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the The team itself are kind of spread out just a little bit over over the Ohio area, um, but uh, but they are making some waves. They had a really good showing at Vegas, and 
I was able to dive a little bit into into the program with him, uh, a little bit into his uh, his kind of take on things, and it's really really awesome to see a team out of Ohio to come up and come through and get into the ranks of pro and uh, and compete. So I'm super I'm super stoked for them. I uh, can't wait to see them uh, go from here and see what happens. So uh, so yeah. Without further ado, here is my podcast with Mr. Nick Carney. Good man. I was just saying you don't look the same without your eye black. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, uh, uh, me and Robbie were joking about that because he's the one that yelled at me and told me to put on eye black for uh, the die photos. Yeah. For their like uh, checking in on their players thing they did on Instagram the other day or last week or so. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of scanned that a little bit. What? So can you elaborate a little bit more on the story behind that? Oh uh, yeah, so that was it's brought up. It's been brought up a couple times now, and uh, it's been it started back in like 2012 at Cup where we were like joking around. We had eye black and we were putting it on. And I was like, oh, like we're uh, Trailer Bark Boys fans, so we were talking about like raking and stuff like that. And uh, so I just put it across my eyes, and I was like, oh, like here we go, and it just stuck. And it just started <laughs> like there's no. Uh, no real other purpose. I've like told people a couple of different stories. Uh, I told someone like it cuts back on glare. They're like, well, you wear a tinted lens though. Like, or like one was like a, for intimidation factor or something. So I was, <laughs> I've told a couple of people different like stories here and there and whatnot. So I think there's two, there's two theories for me, I think behind um, like a tinted lens and a clear mm-hmm. lens. So I think with a, it's it's like a weird kind of uh, mental game I feel because with a tinted lens I feel like it's you're the mask itself and you can't see the player or anything it's emotionless okay right you can't you can't really gauge anything like all you see is just a mask like that's it so you have just emotionless thing that you're playing right but then when you have Especially like when you're walking by the players, like when they when you walk across from each other, going to each you know each end, yeah. Because you always pass. At least yeah. for me, I always tried to look in the eyes of all the guys that I was walking by. Oh, like, yeah, I, I always I did. The, the stare down was a key factor, dude, all the wow. time. And so many people would just look at the ground or just look ahead. I'm like, look at me. Yeah. Like look at me. We're gonna, we're about to play, bro. Look at me. And but and then with the uh, with the clear lens. Clear lens is all emotion, man. That's that's when you can get that stare down. You can get a yeah. little bit of a mental edge. At least Especially that's what I like, think. Yeah, and like uh, you get sweet photos too. Like you get well, to you see go. where like where they're looking and stuff like that. And like uh, I think what my favorite person to see on like uh, right now is like Tyler. Tyler Harmon, I think, always has like he has that intensity in his eyes and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's why he's just such a passionate player. So it's yeah. always interesting seeing his photos. I always see uh, pictures of Tyler and then uh, Alex Goldman, uh, pictures of okay. them too with yeah. the clear lenses. I, I, like for me, I always picture like, what if that was their eyes without their goggles? Like just twenty four seven. That's how their eyes looked. They were just like super intense, <laughs> just all the time looking around. And then it's it's funny too because you see guys that wear clear lenses and then you see pictures of them playing and they look just like they're unamused. Yeah, like they're just sitting there. Their eyes are like half open. I'm like, how are they playing paintball right now? Like with it, 
and like barely have open eyes right now. Yeah, like they're yeah, it's just like they're they're sleeping. Yeah. Not no uh, no energy or anything like that. <sighs> Craziness. So, how was Vegas, man? C- well, congratulations on uh, on making the jump to pro. Uh, that's a, that's a huge a huge accomplishment that not very many people are uh, are able to do. So, uh, congratulations on that aspect. But um, for you, kind of personally, what what does that mean for you, and and how has that affected your uh, your play? Uh. Honestly, I think going into it, it was it wasn't until like maybe that Wednesday, maybe uh, before like the flight out and stuff like that, where uh, you know I was thinking more about it, thinking about you know like we're about to play on like every point's going on the camera now, like every point's going to be on the cast. It's not just us making it to finals mm-hmm. and getting like that ten seconds of fame. You know, like we're finally in those shoes now. Uh, and that's how a lot of us kind of looked at it is, you know, we're uh, like the average Joes coming into it. Right. And we're finally at that level. We're finally like this is something where, you know, some people come into it and they think like, I want to do this. I want to go all the way. and I want to make it. Some people come in, they're content D4, D3, just having fun with the boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that Wednesday, it like it hit and like it locked in was like okay i know what i'm doing what me and the guys are going to go do and it was like all the nerves kind of went away you know it, it was it was strange like the transition that happened because even like my one coworker even kind of said like i was more focused that day doing stuff and i was like well i'm just i'm just i'm like i'm ready to go execute i'm ready to go do right. stuff and uh like the, i just kind of transitioned jobs too so like the the people i've been working with aren't used to like that were like all my old coworkers stuff like that they knew like the week of a tournament like it was more of like a serious approach like i my mental state was different than every other day yeah uh so like yeah i mean going into vegas like probably the first week like layout practice we were all a little nervous uh because we went and played uh we went to t- I'm, I'm gonna say Top Gun, but it's not Top Gun. Oh yeah, it's Top Gun. That's where Revo is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Henry and the guys at Revo have always invited us to come practice them. Uh, so we went ahead, went and did that. Uh, and Omara put a clinic on us. You know, we were getting smacked around stuff like that. Uh, so we were a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then like the next weekend, we were performing a little bit better and getting more comfortable in our roles and stuff. So that kind of was like it eased us. Uh, that too was only that was like our second time with Robbie, you know. Yeah. Robbie, our uh, Robbie Gosmith, he's came on as our coach this season. That was the second weekend we've ever interacted with him, besides on like video calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting too, like getting used to him, him getting used to us, uh, and going from there. Yeah. So, uh, what What does he bring to your guys's game? Uh, he definitely brings more structure. I mean, going all the probably about mm, maybe like four three seasons ago our one player uh adam mickle switched over to kind of into a more coaching role mm-hmm. uh you know and he was he knew all the personnel and stuff like that but robbie brings more of experience right and, and more like structure to it where he had a different kind of mindset about it where you know 
it was nice. I mean, it was it was nice too because Adam Adam knows us and like we'd be talking stuff like that. Where Robbie be like, no, like listen, this is what it is. This is what you're doing. We're like, oh, like okay, like cool, right. I got it. Uh, so it was like more. I don't say more of a serious thing, but he brought that professional coaching role into our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and sometimes it takes uh, an outsider like that to come in and kind of tie up the loose ends you round off the corners and and kind of make the individual players start playing like a unit yeah because i mean for the longest time it was just we were all just a group of friends playing paintball yeah you know so it was like some of us didn't say stuff to each other because we didn't want to hurt feelings something like that other of us were just more blatant and would just yell at each other about stuff uh which are both which are both toxic yeah, we I would say we yell at each other to not to a bad point though. Like right. uh we kind of knew when to cut it off and stop and like so that's something we've always been pretty good about is like not exploding in the pits on each other. Sure. Usually it's like after the match is when we'll yell at each other about stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, having having a, a focused and composed pit is ginormous. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of I don't think there's enough credit given to the pit crews and the kind of the behind the scenes that are keeping the, the engine oiled and, and cooled and, and, um, mouths fed and, and pain in the pods. There, there's not, yeah. there's not enough credit I feel because if that isn't taken care of and now you have players worrying about that kind of stuff, it takes away that edge that you might have of just having to worry about going out there and doing your job. And that it's kind of, that's something too that we've, we talked about in, ju- in the, kind of a, addressed was we had, I don't want to say a little bit unorganized this, like, like we weren't that super organized going to this, you know, like who was getting water, who was, uh, like how, like we were like, okay, we're gonna get a house for this. And then right. like, then this person was like, oh, I'll get cards and stuff like that. So like now to like the other thing Robbie's brought in is more of a structure, like said person is going to do this job, stuff like that. Right. And then like, same thing going into like the pits you know, he developed, we have a buddy system, you know, so if I'm not on the field and my other, you know, Sam was my buddy who was playing at the front Doritos also. So when Sam comes off, it would come to me, you know, let me wipe you down. What do you need? Give you this, give you that. What's working, what's not. Yeah. So then like that, you know, we're, you know, so between the buddy system and then always like usually like, um, like Matt Askren's usually my back Dorito player or uh, Josh Lehman. So we would talk too about what was going on. And if we were both off the field, we'd be trying to heavily like just watch it and figure mm-hmm. out and just, so like having the buddy system really helped out in the pits and that was being a huge thing. Uh, and also like, you know, uh, Danny shower, Howard's mom, uh, Jean, if you've been to paintball events where he's playing, you've seen her. Like she, she's literally for the past like decade has traveled with him. Yeah. But it's nice because it's not like, you know, this is my brand new girlfriend coming to the pits who doesn't know what's going on. Like she knows what's going on. She knows like, don't try to talk to you, stuff like that. She's Mm -hmm. like, okay, what do you need? Here's paint. Let me wipe you down. Do you want a water? Like, so like having that too has just been a huge help, like in pits with like orgasm and stuff like that for us. Right. She knows how the machine works. Yeah. Which has been fantastic so <laughs> yeah oh that absolutely yeah I've, I've definitely gotten to know um how just how special it is having somebody in the pit that cares just as much almost as you do 
about about helping out and and making sure everything goes well. So uh, I, I I know exactly how that uh, how that works. I mean, the, I guess the best examples uh the the father of Ohio paintball or one of the fathers of Ohio paintball and that's Mark Dusa. You know, <laughs> have, having Dusa in your pits. Yeah. You know, oh my god, you know. dude, he has he has uh single handedly just made a difference, especially when I was playing for Shock and and he would just come in and just he was like what's it called a composer of an orchestra yeah like that's yeah. pretty much what he was he wouldn't say much but he would just he would get it done and make sure everything's happening forever grateful for mark dusa man i i can't say enough nice things about that guy actually i can and i will all the time <laughs> awesome dude um but but uh but yeah i mean he is he he ha- cares so much about the game um, and about the players and just about what is happening and and he, and he knows the consequences of of what could be if what he did wasn't at his best if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah. so he knows the importance of his of his i don't want to say job is of his position um and, and his role so uh yeah i mean mark dude so thank you so much dude for so much over the years of of helping us out um and i know he helps out a lot of people that's why I said he's just like one of those, like the father of the paintballs who just he'll float in your pit, help you out, and then next you turn around, he's gone. You know, and you're yep. looking for his his uh, his <laughs> die hat, his shorts, and his his white. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. It's yeah, he he he's amazing. He's awesome. And uh, and if you ever need, dude, I always known uh, Dusa. I've tried to get him on the podcast. And he goes, no, not happening. I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna ask you. I'm not going to ask you again, but he, he's one of those guys I've always known that he always has like eight markers available, you know, for anybody who needs one at practice yeah. or anything, any kind of equipment. He's always lending out equipment just in case somebody needs it. Uh, never complains about anything until it gets really bad until it gets really, really bad. And it's something has to change and, and has to be addressed. That's when Mark steps in. Um, down to earth, honest, and uh, I, I'm glad that I know the only one. But I wish there were more, because yeah. the, you, you know the just to be able to spread the love. That's why you know he's, he's that's why I refer to him as one of the great fathers because that's like uh, Addison Winstead, you know his mm-hmm. dad. His dad's always at practice with us. He'll be you know keeping us filling pods yelling at us to keep going uh so okay let's go you guys just got off like load up get back on the field like so mm-hmm. he's just another like great father figure to have with us and like it's always great too cause, you know we get towards the end of the day something like that and we're like we have four mick come on he'll say okay he'll you know he'll come out there and he'll play with us too so it's yeah. always nice to have that interaction yeah it's good to have a motivator for sure oh yeah so uh how long have you been playing with uh with columbus is it Columbus level? It, it is level. That's uh, all right. That's, it, it's fine. Like, you know, that's for since we became a team, you know, it's been uh, Columbus LVL, Columbus level, and then, you know, it's back and forth. You know, we always just say level uh, just, you know, d- due to, I guess it's always fun to say we're going to level up or, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. Just like the stupid <laughs> stuff we say in our group chat to each other. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a uh, Columbus level. I mean, we've – We've been now for maybe this is maybe our third season together, like at, under the level name. Right. I mean, but the core of us, though, I mean, we all started as you know the DZ All Stars uh, out of the drop zone, 
which and like all of us too, either played against each other, played with each other, uh, or practiced with each other since probably about 2010, maybe. Yeah. You know, we all pretty much played out of TPA paintball uh, over there in Alliance. I mean, even Dave Pando played out TPA back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, f- I feel like a lot of people in the Ohio community have played at that field at one point in time. Uh, so we all, you know, played there and whatnot. And then maybe 2012 is when me and Dan kind of got the band together and started bringing people on. Uh, and then, I mean, the rest is history from there. So I would say probably since 2012, 13-ish. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of when we started. Because I actually mean... Dan and uh, the other, our other uh, level up player, actually, you know, podcaster too, is Justin Politi. Uh, he actually came and they guested on our World Cup 2012, uh, like D4, five man team or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then from there, he, you know, went off to another team, but finally we brought him back and stuff. So, yeah. You know, since then, we've all been pretty much playing together. I think. Besides Matt Askren, uh, he was like the most. He came on the team the year we went semi-pro, but that was also the year that I left for. Uh, I left for a year because I went overseas to go do a lockabout. We'll say. <laughs> uh, so he kind of came on to fill my shoes, uh, and then Sam Seberg was the most recent pickup we just had. So he's kind of the freshest kid on the team. Yeah. You know, but other than that, the core of us have been together for, you know, almost half a decade now. Jeez. How big of a difference has uh, the field itself level up made in uh, in southern central Ohio? Oh, I mean, it's a pretty big. I, I would say a, it's it's a good base for us to have. Right. You know, it's it's nice because Pando does a great job. Uh you know, he, we have new bunkers on the way, uh, currently right now that's with the, you know, the shutdown and stuff like that. The turf is getting a nice, good scrubbing. Uh, so it's been nice to have a facility to practice at mm-hmm. that is, you know, it's, he's always, whatever we asked for him, he would do for us. Right. You know, so that he's was, good that dude. was, yeah, it was, that was pretty much, I'm going to say what was able to enable us to go into the pro level. Yeah, I mean his facility is is amazing, and he comes from a background of knowing the logistics behind yeah. running a field, um, and and having it run properly. And I I wish that I was actually about two hours closer, <laughs> because it would have made my my off season playing and my just random weekend playing um, so much easier, so much easier because I. One, uh, I, I love everybody down there. I, I wish I could come down there more to play. Um, and uh, But it's just, it's it's so tough with a family now. A half hour is a lot easier to compromise with my wife and family than uh, two and a half hours. Uh, and two and a half hour drive and then the day itself of playing um, or two, depending on the, on the weekend or whatever. But... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I'm super jealous because it's he he does such a good job. There's two fields down there now, two expo he, fields. 
there there he has two usually only one set up on turf mm-hmm. uh the other field kind of is like the grass field that he has set up for like msxls and stuff yeah uh he just got this is going to be the the third iteration slash revamp of the hyperball field uh, yeah. so he, he finally has like a nice hyperball field so we're mm-hmm. all kind of excited for that to play on that some before icc uh hell yeah and then his woods ball field too like he it's always growing and changing i feel like it's almost like almost every other weekend or so i see something new like getting brought onto the field like a boat uh i think i don't i think he had a plane trying to remember if i saw a plane come on the field (laughs) uh so he keeps picking up a lot of stuff but no i can i fully understand like the drive time and having a family and stuff like that not that i have a family but like drive time like uh it's about a six hour round trip for me. So about mm-hmm. three hours there, three hours back. Uh, and that's pretty much all of us have about that drive. Uh, yeah. Except for, cause I mean, we have kids in Pittsburgh, uh, cause right. up in Cleveland, Akron, uh, and then like Cincinnati, uh, and then Addison's in Wooster. Uh, it's like right around. Well, I should say Justin has the farthest drive. If you would drive, cause he's in Boston right now. Oh yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he would, last year, he would fly in uh, the second weekend practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he would drive to Maryland, meet us to practice Revo, and then fly in for the second weekend because he could pick, he was picking up, like, cheap flights for, like, 100 bucks or so. Right. Uh, yeah, because it, it would mean the world to me to be able to help you guys out, help out, you know, uh, fellow Ohioans, um, yeah. especially now competing at the pro level. But you guys obviously do not need my help. So... <laughs> Uh, you guys are doing a, uh, a a great job, even though uh, you you didn't have the obviously the the outcome that you wanted. Um, but I think you know your very first game. I believe it was against. Uh, um, uh, help me out, aftermath, yeah. aftermath. That's yep. right. <laughs> and it came down to a one point game, like seven eight or something, was it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Like right when it was tied, then we just started just putting put points up on the board. Yeah, and. Um, and then you guys had some uh, some really good games after that. So I mean, obviously, obviously, there. I I don't want to jinx it. I'm not going to, but you you will have. I mean, there will be highs and lows to this thing, uh, as I'm sure you know. Um, but don't don't let it. Um, if I can give you any advice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't take it personal. If you just if you go out there try your best, whatever the outcome is. I mean, obviously, if you try your best and you work as hard as you can as an individual and and as a part of a unit, I mean, you will succeed sometime or another. It, it will happen. The tough part is the consistency of it, and and getting everybody on the same page consistently. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the work is easy. You just got to do it. You know what I mean? It's just applying yourself to do that. The tough part is just doing it over f- a five tournament span. Yeah. Along with practices and everything, so, um, I mean, I, I, I think it's gonna be, uh, you know, whenever this blows over, if it will, or if the, you know, tournaments. I think paintball is in a weird spot right now. Um, not only tournament scene, but also just the the fields themselves. I mean, are uh, are, yeah, for are in sure. a weird spot. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I've been seeing some interesting conversations going on, you know, on Facebook about fields and this and that, you know. I feel like a majority of the fields are closed. Some of the couple fields 
wanted to stay open i said you know so that was like interesting conversation seeing that happen but yeah i mean you're right like it's just all around it's not so much it's one of those things where like it's like the depression and paintball right now i would compare it to (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh and i don't know exactly what is going to bring it back like is are we just going to pick up to where we left off is are things going to change um it's it's hard to say i foresee things kind of going somewhat back to normal it might take a little bit though right you know i can i first i would say maybe the rest of the year might be strange Mm -hmm. you know we're definitely probably going to see new things here and there uh, and then I can foresee things starting to get back to what we'll call a normal then at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, we will see. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of dive back into when you first started and, and how you yeah. started in paintball and, um, and drop zone and, and who you enjoyed watching and who you inspired you to, uh, kind of be and, and be where you are at the moment. Oh, uh, so I mean, probably like since, maybe 13, 14. That's kind of when I first like picked up a paintball gun, you know, 2000. I, uh, what, oh no, th- uh, sorry. I just had a brain fart. Yo, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I was so like I mean, 2013. That doesn't make no sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> Age wise. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an so, idiot. I mean, we're, I'm going to say that's probably around like 2002, 2003 ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember I gave, it was like, I traded a kid like a BMX bike for a, a, a Talon pa- pump paintball gun. Oh, that was a great trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won. I won that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I remember I, you know, I got that, and that was like weird, you know, go back out in the woods. Cause, you know, because luckily I, I live in like a rural area. You know, I, I live on nine acres myself here with woods. So nice. we would go out, you know, you build up your forts, and we would start playing paintball. You know, mm-hmm. so that was where it initially started was I started in the woods. Uh, and then from there, like it was, a, we, we had an unofficial official scout outing uh, to a field that was called Battlefront Paintball. And it was sweet because it was an old gunpowder factory that blew up. So there were structures and stuff. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was and like, that's where like, that's where I got the bug real bad. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then that's when I first saw uh speed or like competitive paintball game mm-hmm. play or speedball and i was like oh like what's this like why is that gun shooting so fast you know this and that uh and it really hit me that it's like what i really wanted to do was it was the last tournament at all american uh so that might have been like oh six like oh six ish or so because I, I remember yeah. i wasn't i remember i wasn't 21 yet but the teammates house who we stayed at got married had leftover alcohol so i was like oh man like i could have a drink here and there like this is gonna be cool (laughs) uh and there but there was none of that though we were just there watching paintball and when we would come back we were talking about paintball uh but that's where i i first yeah i I remember seeing alex frazy double knee slide under the (laughs) x to bunker someone (laughs) like i i I, I thought you were gonna say double knee slide anywhere because he he loves doing that it was a double knee slide under the X to shoot someone. Nice. Uh, and that's when like, and I'm still like, I will admit I'm the first person who's, who's terrible about who's who. Mm-hmm. Like I talking to someone and then like walk away and they're like, Oh, like, you know, so-and-so I'm like, uh, I, who? Like, <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, 
so I've always been terrible with who pro players were. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like in, like I've, I've talked to Thomas Taylor about it too. And my first words ever to him, I remember seeing him sitting there and like, I used, I used, I thought Mohawks were cool back then. I had a Mohawk too. My first words to him were, do you ever let it get long? And I was just like, Oh, that just sounded so weird. <laughs> oh man. Like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good conversation starter. Yeah, he was just like, oh, like this. He was just like, did he know you were talking about the Mohawk? No, I don't think so. In the oh, beginning, okay. I think I think it took him a second to figure out what I was talking about. Yeah, and then he like, you know, gave me like a no, like a short and dyed or something. That's back when he had all the crazy colors. <laughs> That's uh, right. And then uh, like, you know, watching Nicky Cuba play. Uh, and I was like next to like his brother and now his wife or so I remember they were going that's like when coaching was allowed mm-hmm. so, you know, so counter coaching was happening and just like just all that was real like okay this is sweet and then uh, I met some of the Russians walking out I remember I got a banner and I was like standing there trying to get their signatures and they're like not understanding uh, but even uh, their coach currently Alex like I remember yeah. getting his signature back then uh, and actually that banner is like up at drop zone hung up right now. Nice. But it was just like, it was sweet to just see all these. I was like, these guys are all Russians. Like what? Like they came to here. Like, and that's when like my teammates were like, you're an idiot. And just fully explained like <laughs> everything to me. I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, yeah. Cause my, my first tournament paintball was at crazy Dave's indoor paintball. And it was a three man tournament. Crazy Dave's. That sounds like such an outback Ohio. Like, oh, uh, the best it was the only indoor facility close to us and it's about 40 minutes from me and actually thankfully i can say that is a pa field yeah <laughs> uh, oh there you go all right border. yeah yeah so it's right over the border uh <laughs> but i can describe that as you know you're running on elmer's glue that's like what it felt like i can that's see how, yeah like, i can see that from, was, uh, from playing at multiple indoor facilities uh because of our location yeah i can definitely understand what you're talking about yeah i mean the only i mean i've played in only like maybe four or five indoors facilities uh i mean like down in kentucky was that asylum uh you play at um at the one up here at Warzone when it, no, when it first opened i never got to play up there yeah, oh I never. God. I was like, I feel like I missed a lot of good places. I can say I I got to play indoor paintball though once at All American. Mm-hmm. I went and got Smart Parts certified, and we played what they called Billy Ball. It was like vibes or something, and you would hit the trigger and it had a like a one second delay. So if you click the trigger, like said there, you know, kept pulling the trigger, it just kept resetting and resetting and resetting. I remember it was like it, it was just we got all like able to go play it real quick mm-hmm. and it was the weirdest thing but it was like the first time i got to like play on turf play indoor and i was like just starstruck i was like this is amazing like this is awesome yeah the good facilities have such a distinct smell a good smell to them like they just it's 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 hard to explain uh, because all the really bad non well-kept places all really <laughs> felt like smelled like shit yeah um yep. but the but the really because i remember one that I don't know if you have ever played at Atom- uh, Atomics up in Michigan. Oh. So that place was was pretty well kept, and okay. that had that distinctive like you you get the smell when you first walk in. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm here to play. Like it's it's kind of a weird feeling. 
but it's then kind of like if you smell like a, the paint box or whatever like i feel like that's like mm-hmm. the smell i like i recognize from like a decent indoor field yeah yeah for me like one of my first paintball memories is when i first opened up a bag of paint it was like white box and it smelled like garbage but that was like <laughs> that was one of the first memories that i have of of playing paintball and then um, ever since then, like I've always like it, obviously the paint has started to smell better. Um, yeah. But I always have that that I always get that sensation that sense um, when it happens. It kind of brings me back in that moment. Have you ever back in the day when you first started thought that you could wash off paintballs? Do you ever have that one of those adventures? Uh, I definitely thought I could reuse them. Um, okay. <laughs> that's for sure. But I but the thing is is like I wouldn't. I wouldn't just grab any paintball. I'd make sure like it was like clean, you know. I remember I, I we had like I had like a break in a bag, and I was like not thinking. I was like oh, I get like it's like when I first started playing scenario, you know, paint was expensive. I was like I could take it home and wash it. Like it's fine. <laughs> I remember it's like throwing it in the sink and like started to wash it, and it just turned like an egg cluster. Yep. I was like, yep. oh, what did I just do? Yeah, yeah. I didn't go that far. I didn't yeah. go. I, I I maybe like put them. I would put them in my jersey. And then, like, do the whole, like, kind of do this okay. in the jersey thing and then let them go so they were a little oily. Some or of the, the paint. The, the sock trick. Put them in a sock and, like, stir them up and you kind of just, like, milk the sock, essentially. <laughs> that was, that, that <laughs> was like, the that, I've tactic. not done that one. <laughs> it's a good tactic for any uh, new players who are listening how to reuse paintballs. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I've always I, I kind of talked about this I think not that long ago but I I think the whole reason why I always took four pods out and why I never shot very much paint like for me paint was always one it was expensive and I couldn't really yeah. afford it and and I, and I've always kind of hoarded it so I always kept it and I was like just in case I needed it I'd hardly ever go through a pod like whenever I played and everything and I barely get through my loader whenever at, a, at any given point um but I, it was always like I'd always try and make every ball count. Like, I, luckily, yeah. I was in that position of playing front where I didn't have to like occupy somebody for that long a time or anything. I, I kind of would just sit and wait or like snap shooting didn't really take up that much paint. But um, or even moving, I would just accuracy. I was more worried about just to be able to put somebody in and or hit them and then move to the next spot. Right. So I've always preached accuracy or volume. Um, if that stands true today, I, I don't know. Um, but I think it's a great skill, but I, I, uh, you know, I, I think I've always done that. I've always like not wanted to shoot that much paint because of it. So I can understand how, how everybody wants to reuse paint and not use it. Just like, just don't, don't ramp your gun that very much. But yeah, I mean, I could, this, this season has been the first season I've carried six or more pods. I was the same way, like four pods. That's what I ran. You know, I was, I was super paranoid about getting clipped in my sides. So if my pod yeah. pack was wider than me, I was like, oh, I'm going to get hit in it. Like I want a low profile. Like I want to be scooting and moving and staying tight. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, this was the first season, like with the Vegas event, there was probably three pods was maybe dedicated to shooting the bounce shot down the Doritos to keep them out of the Doritos. And that was like mm-hmm. my job, like go jump over there and just sit there. And like, I remember when I first made the statement to my teammates, they all yelled at me because I said, I was like, you know, I'm sitting there like shooting this bounce shot. 
I just want to go somewhere and do something else fun. Like that's not fun. Like my mm-hmm. ADD kicks in. And they're like, yeah. don't don't do that. Like don't don't listen to those thoughts. <laughs> How effective was that? Uh, it's pretty effective as far as keeping people out of the Doritos because mm-hmm. it was essentially was the first the first insert Dorito. Right. And you would shoot that next Dorito next to you on the opposite side, the little kind of well, I would say baby Dorito ish. But it pretty much kept people honest and kept them out of it. So like, it's it sucked because you couldn't see, you couldn't see them. So you mm-hmm. had no idea if you were hitting them, you know, if they were if you shot them out already. Like it was it was tough. Uh, but I felt like it was pretty effective. I mean, I know we got kills from it, and right. I know we had some deaths from it too. Right. So how how effective? How much more or how much more work? do you think it would have to be if let's say you didn't have ramping to mm. hold that lane? Oh, it would, it would probably it would be a lot more work, like hundred percent. Yeah. Like if you had to, you know, if I couldn't just sit there and just pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. If I had to sit there and just really stay on the gun and stay focused on walking the trigger and shooting, like it would be a lot more work. hundred percent. Yeah. I, well, cause I, there's always been this argument of like, you know, uh, pulling the trigger fast is not a skill, but I, I'll tell you what: pulling the trigger with one finger and ten balls coming out, ten point five balls coming out, is definitely a luxury. Yeah, I get for you sure. know what I mean. So it's like so, and I, I I always imagine as I'm watching you know somebody play and somebody like shooting a lane or something, and they're doing just a single trigger, do, just doing this, and I imagine like how effective do you think you would be if if every time you pulled that trigger was only that one ball coming out with you using your one finger, like yeah. I feel like people would be able to like, I don't know. I, I just don't think anybody would be able to hold a lane as well as they would, or they have to, you know, learn the skill of being able to shoot fast again. And, Oh yeah. I mean, it would definitely go back to, you know, you're, you're sitting at school and you're, you're, you know, walking the desk. You're, you're sitting there tapping yeah. the desk with those fingers, you know, a hundred percent. It would go back to that. So, I mean, you would have kids, having to essentially relearn how to shoot a paintball gun and have an offhand. I feel like I feel yeah. like nobody really has an offhand. They say they do, but I mean the marker does a lot of the work anyway. So I but I don't think as far as volume as far as volume goes, I feel like there's no real there's no real like favored side because whether you are right-handed or left-handed, you can pull the trigger 5 you know, five times in a second or yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. And then it kicks uh, into ramping or something like yeah. that. Or I, I think there's I, a three, I think there's a three ball step. You have to maintain like, three, and then you have like, to maintain to keep it's it going. Fucking yeah. A baby can do it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but I, I think that's... there's a few things that could, that could change. Like, or we were, um, to kind of go back to the, the, how many pods to carry. Oh, yeah. I was I was doing the math on it, and in 2018 we were we were kind of doing the math, and the let's say the um the average point was like a minute and a half to two minutes long, average. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. And in a minute and a half to two minutes, you can't really shoot all four of your pods if you had four pods. No. So yeah, that, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, and I, that's why that's why I think four pods is would be such a a huge thing because now it's in the back of your head. Obviously, four pods is enough. I feel like four pods is enough to play the game at to to play the game without you changing your game. You know what I mean? Um, I think the only time you it would consciously come into effect is if a game kind of drug out. 
you know, if you, if you got caught in a, a two on two or a two on three, one on two, whatever. Um, but then again, people who can carry as many pods as they want to run out of paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think it would just subconsciously, it would kind of help people uh, know that they only have X amount of pods without just going boom, 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 boom shooting this one lane, trying to shoot a bounce shot, yeah. keeping a guy out of the Doritos. I mean, that's, and usually I was, I was conscious enough where I, if I knew, because usually it was like, you know, outside loops or whatnot. If I, once I pull those loop pods, like, okay, cool. I only have four pods now. Like now right. hopefully I, I can go to work and make sure that these four pods, you know, and there was, there'd be times I'd come off the field and I still have four pods on my back, three right. pods on my back. So, you know, it was, it was nice that I wasn't blowing through them, but like, you know, that's like one of my favorite things about Matt Askren is the kid is a machine gun. Like he right. will just turn up and he is just not stopping. Like he is living behind his gun mm-hmm. and it, it's always great too. Cause you know, when Matt's really getting excited, cause he'll yell at you to like get some, you hear him like, <laughs> just like going to town. He just gets in like that murder mindset. And that's yeah. when he yells, you're like, let's go, come on, like, let's get some, let's get some. And you know, like Matt's hammering down he's like it's good to go right so so, so what um what are, what are you guys going to do for practices as far as uh when the, when the season comes around are you guys going to continue just playing against yourself down at the level up or are you guys going to uh, travel on off weekends you know the week like we'd stay you know either stay at level up or like I, i'm very fortunate that drop zones uh 15 20 minutes from my house you know, like a Saturday morning, I could zip over there real quick, uh, you know, open up shop, do some drills, stuff like that, uh, which has been nice because nice I've been working with uh, the new team that's coming up from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking forward to playing D4, uh, MSXL and stuff. Nice. So it's nice to kind of work with them, but then also nice that I could get there early and work by myself before having to try to help people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, layout weekends, though we're probably going to keep traveling, which like the two weeks leading up to Vegas was the longest weeks of my life. <laughs> uh, Cause I mean, that's like the, you know, the best thing I could say is I finally just got a nine to five job, but I was still working a part-time job. Oh, nice. So, you know, Monday through Friday, I was working my nine to five uh, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. I was also working my part-time job. So I had like Thursday night off for myself, but then it was like Friday after work, hop in the car, drive to New Jersey, you know, practice all weekend, come back, repeat that week, and then drive to uh, Virginia. We went to NRG to play them. Oh, geez. Uh, so it was just like the longest three weeks of my life. So like once the tournament was finally there, it was like nice to have a breather, play the tournament, and then no, I don't have to do a 10 hour drive home or right. an eight hour drive home. Uh, so that's the, the big downside is we are going to keep uh, traveling to play people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's unless we're in the same bracket with Revo, you know, we've formed a really good bond with those guys. Uh, we'll probably keep going to those guys and practicing them. And then the second weekend, like we're, we're maybe going to fly out to, um, uh, San Diego to go practice the Ironmen nice. and then just some of the guys are going to hang out, take that whole week off and then just drive up to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but it, like the closer we got to it, I, just, I forget like what happened or how it boiled down. Like only 
like six of us were going to be able to commit to all weekend or something like that. So we just decided not to. Uh, right. But I mean, that that is the nice thing is, you know, we do have 11 on our roster now. You know, so we can play each other, you know, which is it's good for working on fundamentals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then fortunate enough to uh, John, uh, what's John's last name? Uh, Krizawa. I think yeah, I always say John John, I always, yeah, I always say his last name wrong. Uh, I always call him, I always call him Cusey. Uh, <laughs> Doctor John. He, yeah, he's uh, he's right in Akron now. Uh, That's right. Yeah, so he's right here in Akron. Uh, so on my way to level up, if we're going down there, I go through Akron. So you know the this one the weekend before the two weekend breakout or whatever, mm-hmm. I kind of like hit him up. I was like, hey, do you want to tag along? You know, because he was just going to do drills in his backyard. So he was like, yeah, sure. So, you know, he was able to come. And at that point, you know, for us, that's another person who's been playing pro. It's another mm-hmm. different mindset who's coming and hopping in with us, telling us, giving us some suggestions here and there. Uh, and he's, he's, I mean, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. You know, he's super, super nice to talk to. He also won't bullshit you. Like, he'll mm-hmm. call you out on what you're not doing or what you are doing. But he wants it right back, too. So it's it's nice to have that. Uh but I mean, like we we've had some other teams express interest in coming and practicing us, you know, on those weekends, which is it's nice to finally have people want to come practice you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, the facility that you guys have, that's definitely a, a plus. But you guys got to work on doing some kind of trade off where it's like um, either one weekend you guys play somewhere and the next weekend they come down or saturday is here sunday's there you guys got to work on a, on some kind of trade off yeah. with having teams semi somewhat close right yeah. so that, that was the the nice thing is we had uh struggle uh who plays semi pro out of like the asylum area come up and practice us and mm-hmm. actually uh i think it was that same weekend uh tcp came down to p- practice with us kind of before they fell apart i'm not exactly sure what happened with that program up yeah there. uh i mean I, but i'm always as happy to see joe allen uh who's on the outlaws now so it was super cool to see him move up to that uh so it's always good to see those guys but yeah they they've came and practiced us so we've had people express interest uh-huh. uh you know it was it was great too so like the day be- or the was it thursday before the event uh we formed a good bond with Tauntauns over the years. So they wanted nice. to practice us at the event. So we were able to practice them, which is great because, you know, they're not in our division. They're a good team. You know, mm-hmm. you can't say that they're not a bad team. I mean, they're essentially all pros by this point now. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's been just been nice to have that kind of relationship with those guys too. Yeah. I know I was trying to work with uh, Bruno and Rennick to try and get us down to uh down to level up to practice you guys um it would have been nice for me because i'm i'm a lot closer to columbus <laughs> than i am chicago yeah. um uh, but i don't know for some reason we weren't able to 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 make it happen but i would like to see dave run a uh like icpl or or you know some kind of you know mechanical tournament or something like that i think yeah. would be really cool or his own i mean have him start his own tournament down there yeah. that you know, could be kind of somewhat like an ICC. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's something that could be in the works, and that's the nice thing too. Is uh, Aaron Bennington, who runs MSXL now, and he works with uh, NXL. I was like, he was a ref for a long time. Now he does something more with 
the higher essentially now he went from a ref jersey to he wears a polo around the event so i don't know exactly <laughs> what aaron does yeah uh, right but i mean he's down there in the columbus area too so i mean he's you know i'm sure between the two of them and i have a sneaking suspicion that with dave acquiring more hyper pipe that something is coming yeah uh, uh, so that, i guess that's i don't have official word that something's coming but my gut instinct tells me he may be up to something I got to get down there. I want to get down there on the X-Ball field and, and help and practice with you guys, uh, you know, as much as I can. Hopefully at least once or twice I'd like to, but I'd also like to get on the Hyperball field too, man. There's there's nothing like being on a Hyperball field and just hearing and feeling that crack on the on the Hyperball tubes. That's what we're we're <laughs> all super excited cuz this is this is going to be the first year that we are not refing ICC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean essentially the first year that Tim did it. Some of us did ref. Uh, and then every year from that, we were the mounds field refs. So if you had bad calls in the mounds field, we're sorry. <laughs> or if you're mad that we threw a flag on you, I'm not sorry on that point. <laughs> uh, it happens. Yeah. So we, uh, we finally uh, decided, I mean, Tim fought hard to try to get us not to leave. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, we lucked out. We were able, you know, we told him we were going to play if we can get a spot. Uh, and then actually Logan Arnold was able to secure us a spot and purchase a spot. So we said, okay, let's go. So essentially we're going to have a level up ICT or ICC team to go play. Nice dude. That'd, that'd be sweet. I'll have to see. I'm, I'm hopefully playing for, uh, for infamous, but we'll just, we'll have okay. to see. But I'd re- regardless, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to go and, uh, and, and see kind of everybody again, everything that's happening. Speaking of Logan Arnold, dude, he's one of the most nimble bigger guys than I've seen. Dude, the kid can ball, man, for sure. But he's like, you, anybody looking at him, I guarantee underestimates his speed. Well, and we always joke too, cause we, we call him the scrambler because he scrambles around so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's always fun because uh, he'll play behind me in the Doritos too. So when I have him and Addison with me, it's always a blast. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have Addison just dropping UAVs with comms, just letting us know where everything's <laughs> going on. You know, we got Leo you know, and Logan's always scrambling behind me, and he's really good at getting close to you and asking you what's going on or mm-hmm. what you need. And then I might even turn and they, I see him streaking through the center to go stab someone or something. So, yeah. Yeah, it's always funny to see him scramble around and interact with them. Right. Yeah, he's he, I mean, he's a he's also like another you know stand up guy. Unfortunately, he was hurt going into Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, so he kind of was our pit boss in the pits. So he was kind of making sure we all had pay, everything was getting filled, uh, and really helping manage that side of things. Yeah, you know, so it's it, it really. It sucked because he like he tore it like a tendon and like stress fractured his foot. Yeah, it was, and it happened like at practice too. He like essentially just stepped and like rolled it and just, just did it. I don't, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's been medically cleared and he said he's feeling better too. So nice. we're looking forward to having him play with us or back in it. Hell yeah. The uh, what's, yeah, um, just, say oh, again? Go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just like still with like the, you know, like ICC and the ICPO and stuff like that. Like that was, the Chicago event last year. I think that's where I saw you at too there. Yeah. I guess it with a team. Uh that it was it was a blast. Yeah. You know, I like I say it was nice to see all see a lot of faces and then like you said, like have that mechanical crack of that gun and be going to town or like creeping around the woods. So it's definitely something I look forward to getting back to. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Uh going back to Vegas. 
Yeah. Uh, what were some uh, some takeaways for you? What were some expectations that you had that might not have been fulfilled? Uh, or what were some things that you expected but uh, it kind of turned out uh, differently? Uh I mean, I'm I'm overall happy with how I played, uh, and that was you know some of the some of the guys too even said that they they thought it was like especially at practice and stuff like that they were cracking up because they were asking me how come at practice I didn't have a move to the center to go get one or two guys or this and that like where was that at like where where did this come from mm-hmm. and I, I like I told him I was like I don't know like it's just it was part of that mindset of locking in and being focused mm-hmm. uh i uh, i was probably most upset when we lost i think it was the overtime point with infamous uh when i was up in the center and i knew i like i, I essentially i just got sloppy and i you know got shot in the elbow like i was posted shooting i let i let someone fill out and then got you know then got shot in the, you know in the elbow and that was that was something i was like you know like you know why why did i let him fill out you know and then like why wasn't i tucked more like there it was just like a couple sloppy things here and there uh and then uh, i got pulled out for running out of bounds on a point uh and that was like one of those like i even like went and like asked the ref i said like can you like like how far out of bounds was i he goes oh you you had a foot out of bounds and i was just like Oh, so just a foot? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, like, and then like, sure enough, like next point we see him out there with the paint, repaint the lines. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, like that, like. Wait, it, w- w- but which out of bounds? The back out of bounds or? The, the, no, the back line. See, I think yep. that's bullshit, dude. There yep. should not be, there sh- I see I got so angry I hit my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my spit blocker on my fucking microphone. There should not be a back line. Like the, I feel like there's no reason. Um, like obviously, you don't want anybody running to the back of the net and yeah, running to yep. the corner, right? Essentially, but I feel like there's no, there's no reason why you can't have that line or that that start bunker. Um, have that. Uh, let's see, it would be in front of the line. Like have it start there yeah. rather than the rather than the line, the front of the bunker be on the line. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that—that that makes I, no like, sense. Give me a buffer. Give me a foot buffer right. to work with here. Like, don't you know? And it was because he said, like, you know, you can start. It was like you could start out of balance, or like out of the. You could start back off the line, but you had to like your first steps had to be in balance and stay in balance or something like that. It's and such a like, useless rule, dude. Yeah. So I was like, so like you, you're telling me like as I'm running and gunning out to a corner like i had my one foot just got out of bounds or something real quick and like at that point then it's like i want to be a dick and say like there is multiple like if you watch the webcast you see people start early because they took away uh they took the beep away you just have like the one second beeps mm-hmm. going and that's like it's like you know you have you see that it does a 10 second beep and then you see the countdown going. There's no like beeps anymore. See, that's bullshit. That, that's bullshit because not everybody who not everybody who's on the line, depending on the position, can see the scoreboard. I had the idea of putting lights above the scoreboard or the fifty, like on the nets on each end. So, and you have that light, and then when it fucking hits zero and the buzzer goes off, 
you also have a light that yeah. fucking goes off too. So you're like, you can at least have something to look at. Like, let's say you're playing the front on the snake side or Drio side, whatever opposite side of the scoreboard is. When you hear the 10 seconds, you can at least look up and listen for the horn, obviously, but you can obviously have a light to look up at. The same thing as if somebody is like playing the back center, ready to pull their, you know, pull and shoot off the break, but they're also looking directly at the scoreboard. So they have an idea. At least you, the front player can have something to look at. I, I don't know. I would say I, I, I would play devil's advocate and say that, you know, their argument would be like, well, you have the refs who put their hands up. And it's like, not every single ref is dropping they his do that? hands. Yeah. I, it's a seven man thing. They did that in semi-pro and like all the other ones. And I'm trying to make sure they did it in a pro. I could be wrong that they weren't doing it in a pro, but I know like I like all the divisional fields and stuff like that. They were doing that. I'm not gonna rely uh, on a ref's reaction time to the horn. Exactly, I'd rather just listen to it and I'll just go on my own. Yep. You know, I don't know if they took that away because players were like, like I think who was it? Robbie Dizon was one that I can think of who would be like rocking with it to kind of get like that we'll say boost to go sure uh so i don't know if maybe that's why they did it uh I, i'm not sure but it was definitely when we first got there and we heard like we saw that and heard that we were like this you know for two weeks now we've been practicing with a horn mm-hmm. with like beeps and stuff like that and now we get here and it's gone so i don't know if that's something we might see come back mid-season i don't know if other people have complained about it i'm not sure yeah but it was kind of like we, you know, for me at least, I would look up and say, "Okay, there's three seconds," and then I would hurry up and drop to my stance to get ready to launch and go. Right. Uh, I think there's like, oh, I don't. Uh, no, okay, I'm sorry. That was semi-pro. I, I, I launched early and had to hurry up and tag back up and then go. Mm-hmm. Which even like that, they. There, there's like a weird rule or something like that where if you pull your gun up and shoot you're eliminated before like, the horn you, yeah correct but if you, if you pull your gun up and then hurry up and tag back up and go it was like something where if you pointed it downfield or something weird i feel yeah. what the exact ruling is uh that's why we have josh lemon because he knows the rules in and out and it's like real it, it's nice to have that because you know the ref will say oh well this and he would be like well actually no like if you look it up it's this and go back to it uh so we we've gotten one or two things overruled thanks to josh (laughs) (laughs) rules are just somebody else's opinion (laughs) that's all it is (laughs) i've I've always tried to bend the rules a little bit just to be well there's one argument that i had with a ref that where so the whole fucking jersey underneath the pack thing so here was my here was my thing was that I would have an undershirt, right? That would that would only come out, you know, probably just to my pockets, to the bottom of my pockets. Same amount of length that you would have if somebody did the dirt to dirt fucking jersey underneath all the way, you know, tucked in with their pack all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but what I would do is that I would just tuck my jersey into my pack and not have my jersey come out the ba- come out the bottom so it would just be my undershirt it would be a single layer right so i then would get yelled at because they would come up and go you got to pull your jersey out from underneath your pack i'm like what are you talking about they're yeah. like it's it's a rule you have to have your jersey i was like it's the layer amount that you have yeah. coming out underneath your jersey or coming out from underneath your pack 
I have one undershirt. I have one thing coming out underneath. Just because it's not my jersey doesn't mean that I can't do it. And and I argued just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I was like, dude, it's it's one layer. Who gives a shit yeah. if it's my fucking jersey or if it's or if it's an undershirt? As long as it as long as it is not too long and there's only one layer, there's no issue. There's no problem. Like I always. So I wore, I, so I wore three sets of headgear the entire like time I played. So like just to get back, and I got caught every once in a while. I would have like whenever you saw me wearing just a sandana and a headband, it I got caught. Okay, I got caught. But otherwise, I would wear my sandana, I would wear my headband, and I would wear my beanie. Did it no, make a difference if I got shot in the head? Fuck no! Everything always broke in my dome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is part of the argument that we've had going on the team for a long time now. Uh, you, I think you just clarified how you do yours. You do your sandanas under your beanie, right? Yes. Okay, that's. Does somebody do it over? Well, yep, yep. <laughs> well, and their their theory is that it's gonna keep it keeps the beanie on. I'm like, oh, I feel what? like it would like it would pinch it off. Like I know, like it goes under. So like if I'm wearing a beanie, it's because it's a it's cold probably. Right. And b like. It's over my head to keep my head warm. Like my sandana's there to a look cool and b, hopefully I don't have sweat pouring in my eyes. Right. Uh. So yeah, that was we have maybe, maybe the team. I think the team's divided. I think half the kids do their sandana or bandana over the beanie and half do under the beanie. What world have we come to, dude? Where people are wearing their <laughs> beanie under their sandana? What? Yeah. Style points a, uh, down. I mean, that's uh, Ryan Hollowell is probably our biggest headgear nerd to the point where he's finally corrected Josh. I mean, Lehman used to not wear headgear or just wear a beanie, and we finally got him looking better. But he is uh he always puts his headband over his beanie. Uh, okay, I I'll admit that at first, at first the headband over the beanie, to me I wasn't too fond of, but I feel like that looks a lot better than a sandana over a beanie yeah so it's uh it's it's interesting yeah i've always been on the fence about headgear because i mean for for years i wore just a sandana and a headband or two um so you're you're when you say sandanas you're talking the full mesh coming over right or just what do you mean mesh coming over uh who who's like a big one that was wearing one where do i got it i got it somewhere right here so like, so it would go on. Okay. Right. So it would go on, and then it would go underneath the back side of the Velcro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But so, my ears were out. Okay. I didn't tuck my ears in like little fucking bears in a cave. My ears were out. Oh yeah, you gotta hear stuff. Exactly. <laughs> no. So so, let me rephrase that then. The head wraps. So just like the single ninja headband over the beanie is what our guys were doing okay all right so, yeah oh that's yeah, fine sorry. Dude, that's me... not not an issue at all i just okay yeah i imagine this is this is what oh, i yeah. imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm trying to not find that not that over the the beanie <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. this yeah this yeah. like over the beanie not not a good look yeah it's either they wear they wear that or they would wear just a single head wrap over the beanie and that was a big thing we were arguing about was does your head wrap go under your beanie or over your beanie okay and uh, by head wrap you mean headband 
wrecked headband, just a single. Okay. okay I, guess, I guess wrap would be the one that goes all the so way. So the over. sandano is considered a head wrap. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then a head Sorry. Band would be okay. Just to clarify. Yeah, because I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, okay, no, that's we don't, no, we have to fix this so we don't seem like idiots. Uh, like, oh. Yeah, I've, I've, I've always, like I said, like I've the longest one I had for a while has been my my like OG We Kill Suckers one. That's like, oh, there you go. It's the nice like, not your typical like thirty six inch long. I feel like that's like it's at least like a forty eight inch one. Oh and my it, god! It like flows in the back. It was always my favorite. I always thought it looked real cool moving. I was like, oh, I'm probably flapping in the wind and going. Well, there's a rule I think for headgear length though, right? I would assume if it's like ridiculously long, maybe. Like I'm not. I would have to look into that now and see if that's like a big. I could thing. be wrong. I could be. I mean, because I haven't seen one that same length since I found this one. Right. It very well could be a legal headband. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I find I haven't been wearing it. Uh, my buddy down in Florida, though, he he did some custom headbands and he sent them up to me. So those are like what I've been wearing just nice. to help him out. Uh, so. Uh... What is something in your gear bag that maybe not everybody else kind of carries around that's unique to you? Oh, oh. Uh, so I mean, this is like it's—I I don't want to say it's superstition. Uh, I've had a essentially a good luck, like uh, it's like a gold foil card almost that I brought back from Japan with me. Uh, so that was something I brought it back. Uh, I threw it, you know, it's been in my gear bag. It's kind of just been floating around. So people always like see it and they're like, they'll ask questions here or there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's probably like the only like strange object that's in my gear bag. Uh, Minus maybe a hundred round pod. Cause I, I love, (laughs) I love messing with my teammates. I'll put them on my side. Yeah. And they're always like, what's that? I'm like, Oh, it's the quick top off pod. And they're like, Oh, like (laughs) and just get upset. Uh, or, probably the most the, the weirdest object that probably can be found in either my bag or floating around in my car is we've always messed with each other at practice mm-hmm. and our big thing has been me you know i had a, our my one our one guy douglas we would if we were driving somewhere we would stop at like a lion's den or something of that nature mm-hmm. an adult <laughs> and, store an adult store uh but for the longest time we would just buy Oh, just a single, just a dildo, put it in a pod, and then you know your shit. You know we'd come up paint check. You, oh, hey, you got hey, you have broke pot, you know broke paint in this pod, and swap you mm-hmm. out with it. So you're sitting there playing. You load it, you pull the pod out, and then you know your loader's jam. You just have a just a big old flesh guy flopping <laughs> around. Uh, so that's been like <laughs> that's and it was like notorious where for like a while it was like oh where's it at oh go get it out of Carney's gear bag. And then, you know, we'd be messing with each other or something like that. We were trying to figure out if we could somehow do it to another team during an event. But we figured, A, we're going to get yelled at a lot. Yeah. Panda would probably be very upset with us. Uh, I would I, I would stick to the dick tricks between, with your team, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but, yeah, we were, we were talking about that for a little bit. But, yeah, that's – and then maybe iBlack. Like, iBlack's always in my bag. Yeah. You know, got have that. Uh, so yeah, that's part of the weirdest things in my gear bag. <laughs> I would say the one thing you guys would have to uh, try out. I don't know if anybody else from the team listens to the podcast. If they don't, this this would be good. 
But I, I uh, think we all do actually. <laughs> you know, well, like- this might foil the plan. But I was thinking <laughs> of the uh, take a uh, just take the uh, the dildo as stated, and then wrap it in aluminum foil, and then stick it in somebody's like carry on. So when they go through the, the thing, <laughs> they'll go through the metal detector and be like, uh, we're going to have to check your bag. And then um, that's always a good one. Yeah, that I don't we, – we've discussed that before about just planting like six of them in someone's bag or something like that. So when they get like tagged for it, it's really good. There you go. I didn't think about, I didn't think about tinfoil though. So that's – and that's – it's always like – this season it's been light like hasn't happened too often but it's mm-hmm. just that that fear is there that like is it here is it like who maybe has it like especially <laughs> if we start joking about it then it's like it brings back up that memory like oh yeah oh no like people start getting paranoid it's funny because then people are like don't touch my bag like i'll load my own paint like get away from me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we always have fun with stuff like that well, that's awesome man well um I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up, dude. I, I I am super proud of you guys on on how far you've come um, as far as Vegas goes. Uh, I know that was a big accomplishment for you guys. Uh, had to have been a uh, a boost in confidence for you guys, knowing that you can you can compete at that level, um, especially oh, with, sure. with the teams that you played against. You know what I mean. So um, it, you're you're a team that I hope nobody takes lightly, uh, just as as nobody should, uh, because every team can be beat. You know, and and I think that you guys, with bringing on Goldsmith and having the facility, the, the uh, facility that you get that you do, having the the support that you do with Die, and just oh, yeah, they've the, been great. Yeah, I mean, the, the, and the overall tenacity of the team of coming out of uh, a place like Ohio, which hasn't really been a hotbed for paintball for a really long time. I think you guys have a, a, a lot going for you, and um, like I said, I, I'm hoping to uh, to help out sometime. Just come down give a little bit a little bit of advice some pointers here and there and uh, and help kind of push you guys to the next level in in any way that i can and and please and along with yourself and anybody on the team uh please don't be afraid to to reach out and uh i'm an open book so oh, yeah i mean you're like you're always welcome to come hang out with us you know even if you want to hit a, you know i'm sure we can even try to get you halfway or something like that try to cut back on that drive for you all good man uh but i mean we yeah, we'd love to have you come out and hang out with us yeah you know, we, we always are open to you know constructive criticism and just feedback and support you know especially with you being a fellow ohio guy like it's oh, yeah you know we gotta you know like i said like put in that midwest worth ethnic so we're getting there there you go and it's it's you know it's something it's something to just to to be able to see you guys at that level and have a team out of Ohio at that level and um and, and yeah it's just good to see it makes puts puts a big smile on my face man yeah I mean we, we we've gotten tons of like positive feedback like uh, Pando's friends with uh, Masarlo or Magot so like after mm-hmm. like after we played him stuff like that like he like came up to us and like you know gave us like a good like hey like keep your heads up you know yeah. same with like Frazy. uh so it was just nice to like have those people like give us props you know that was like uh henry gave us props but then also yelled at us for pushing all the games back an hour uh you know so it was like oh hey yeah. good job but don't do that again <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, so yeah it's been great to hear from guys yeah well it's good man i wish you guys the best of luck and uh i i thank you for sitting down with me and and, and kind of chatting just about paintball in general and about uh the kind of mindset behind the team 
Well, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I like a selfish or uh, do like a plug, I guess. Like that's been a nice thing too is me and Justin both, like I said, we've been doing podcasts too to give people insights of like what uh, like what we do behind the scenes to kind of give those new players uh, like it's not all sunshines and rainbows sometimes, right. you know. What's the, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, so like mine's uh, Weekend Grind and then Justin's is uh, The Rookies. So, you know, they've been we kind of we were gonna do it together and then like it was i got too excited about it jumped into it uh so it's like it's nice that we we both are having those going with each other because it's like a nice different outlook from both sides of our things yeah and that's awesome too man if there's anything i can help on that aspect of things um as well i'm i'm more than happy to help out i appreciate it absolutely it was very it was good to catch up with you uh have some good laughs and whatnot I mean, yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll have to try to see uh, get Deusa to come out too. Dude, come that's hang gonna out. be. I don't know, man. He, he has his <laughs> mindset. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to change that dude's mind. We'll see. Shoot him a message or something. There you go. We, we will all harass him or something and go from there. there you go. Harass him, kidnap him, do whatever you gotta do. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> but, all right, Nick. Yeah. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for hanging out, man. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Later. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Tons of love, man. Hope you guys do well. Hope to be able to come down and, uh, and play alongside with you guys. Um, give some pointers here and there, but uh, but only want to advance you guys and, and help you grow. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, and good luck, especially now with uh, this crazy time lapse that we've been having and, and, and gap in, uh, in play. All you can do is sit at your house and, uh, and work out and work on your mental game. And, um, yeah, if you, if you need help with that, I really recommend reading The Four Agreements. If you haven't yet, please do. It's a great read. Um, but, yeah, big thank you goes out to Charm City Paintball. Uh, Facebook and his Instagram is the best way and means to get a hold of him and ask him any questions or really kind of see his inventory. Most of it is online and he posts all the time. Uh, but yeah, just hit him up. Let him know that uh, that Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you over there. Another big thank you goes to Melavio, the CBD company that has all kinds of products, whether it be gummies, whether it be... Uh, he has these little biscuits that I assume are for horses because there's a big picture of a horse on the front. Uh, he, I, he makes dog treats that I give my pet, little peanut butter treaties. My dog loves them. Uh, as well for yourself if you need... Um, he has coffee, he has tea, he has uh, some oils, anything you need. He has over at Melavio, that's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. And remember to use the promo code capital T-P-O-P at checkout for that 15% off. And please make sure to head over to theplayingonpodcast.com and to check out all of our news and updates over there. And please, if you can, help support the podcast at uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast, and keep the train a moving. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you are all staying safe and um, please uh, try and keep to yourself. Stay inside uh, just for the sake of everybody out there um, and we all need to get through this together and the only way we can do that is if we make the space. So uh, so out of love from one another please let's, let's keep to ourselves for the moment. Let's use this digital platform that we have and, um, and keep moving you know, society and uh, humanity forward. 
So I love you all. Appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, make sure you listen to podcasts like these. Do not text and drive. Greatly appreciate it. And we will see here. We will see. I fuck that up all the time. Damn it. We'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.